Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, author of Visualizing Happiness in Every Area of Your Life and host of this podcast, Incredible Life Creator. And today my guest is Sandro Ator. Hey, Sandro. Thanks for being with us. Hi, Kimberly. Thank you very much for hosting and having me. Yeah. So just so people get to know you, I'm going to go ahead and read your bio and then we'll keep going after that. So Sandro Ator was born in Portugal and came to London at the age of four. He is an ambitious, driven, and motivated business owner in the property industry, which consists of various verticals such as construction, development, and prop tech. Owning his own business was always a life goal. It may have originated from the fact that his parents worked a lot and he had very limited time with them in his younger years, which led him to believe that owning his own business would give him more time. However, this was not the case. Through his journey of ups and downs in 2019, Sanjo felt a chapter needed to close and there was a lesson learned and somehow he stumbled across the idea of self-publishing his book, The Entrepreneurial Entrepreneur Paradox, which led him to speak on stage nationally and internationally as a keynote speaker in various events. Sanjo has always been aware of the importance of self-development through his journey of various ups and downs. He studied various NLP practices and spiritual development. Sandro decided to increase his skill set by becoming a certified shamanic practitioner and certified Reiki master, which led him to his amazing brand that he is passionate about, Detox Nation. All right. We are so excited to hear your story. So tell us about you and how this all started and how you got to be doing what you're doing now. Sure. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you very much for, for introducing me. Very, very well done. Thank you. So, um, again, I was born in Portugal. I came over to the UK when I was about eight years old. <clears throat> uh, my parents came first. I came second, of course. And um, growing up in the UK was was tough. You know, it was tough. Obviously, I was new to the language, for one. And obviously, I'm, I'm already aware of, 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 of speaking and, 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 you know, the importance of communicating your message across, making friends, relationships, etc. So that was definitely a, my first toll. Um, and then, you know, uh, uh, like, like you said, my parents spent a lot of time away, obviously being immigrants coming to the UK in sort of early 1990s, tough time here in the UK around that time. I didn't get to see them much. So I would get up in the morning and they weren't around. I'll make my own breakfast. I'll go to school. I'll come back. They weren't there. And during the week, I'll see them maybe two hours, you know, in the weekday, I'll see them two hours a day. Uh, I spent most of my time with them on weekends, which, you know, as a kid, you don't notice that um, you need them until it becomes aware that you know there was something missing when you start joining the dots in your adulthood that there was a gap where maybe you didn't have the attention that you probably would have wanted as well because um I would have wanted it's fair to say that you know I accept that um and you know a secondary school was very tough for me I I, I went to probably one of those one of the sort of lower end uh educational schools in the UK they were probably in the lowest five you know across the whole of the UK and so it was tough. It was high on crime. Um, you know, I didn't want to go to school at one point because I just felt that, you know, I wasn't going there to learn. I was going there to just be scared. <laughs> um, and that took a toll. Um, you know, another huge factor and toll that hindered me. Um, again, at the time, it was all hunky-dory. It was just, it was just uh, part of life. It was norm. 
but again, once you start joining the dots again in your adulthood, you start going back and you start, mm, yeah, this is where it happened, you know. Um, so, you know, after after that, you know, I read out high school, didn't come out with, uh, with, with good grades in, or enough of a grade to make it to uni or college. Uh, so I, I, you know, I sort of came into the belief system that it's not how you earn your money, it's how you use it. Mm -hmm. So it's not how you make it, it's how you use it. So I wanted to get into employment very quickly. And I did. I started working in the doctor's surgery as a receptionist. That was very fun, by the way. Um, really enjoyed that. And through that, you know, I met my first girlfriend who, her, step her stepfather uh, was very involved in property. Um, so, you know, spending five years in that relationship, I'll have to say the remaining two was more about the father than it was about the, the granddaughter, you know, because he was really you know, uh, influencing me on getting involved in the industry and stuff like that. So I was about 18, 19 at the time. Um, so following that kind of conditioning, if you like, um, uh, I always wanted to own my own business. That was just something I wanted to do. Again, at that time, I identified that whether I was conscious of it or not, but I, I think I was pretty conscious that I really wanted to earn, own my own business so I can be uh, have more time. Um, you know, because of what my parents went through, I always said, you know, if I wanted to have a family, I wanted to spend more time with my kids. I wanted to play more with my kids. And I wanted to have an element of freedom that I didn't see my parents having. Um, and at that point, I was pretty, you know, I was, I was pretty, under, I was pretty understanding of their version of, um, you know, working and making money uh, and what their conditioning was. And I didn't want to be part of that conditioning. So very quickly, I made a decision. I started really to push barriers by taking on development courses around property, uh, property shops, property groups, aligning myself to the right people just to see what I can do. Because <clears throat> and the reason I did that, before I did that, I was literally going to every bank in London uh, to try and get a mortgage. I was 19. I was, no, listen, you don't earn enough to own property. Um, so, you know, I just started going into these groups and by accident or not, uh, you know, and, and trying to see how these people are doing it, you know. And through that, you, you know, you meet someone, they bridge the gap to something else. They bridge the gap to something else. And now I'm in a workshop where I'm learning how to creatively buy property with no money down. <clears throat> this was back in October 2018 mm -hmm. uh, when I bought my first property. Uh, I was 22 at the time. Uh, sorry, yeah, I was 22 at the time. And, you know, that was, a, you know, an amazing achievement for me. Only my first property in London. My parents didn't even own the property in London at the time. And, you know, I thought, do you know what, this is, this is it. This is, this, this is what it's going to be, you know? So um, I, I bought my second one after that, third one. So I bought three properties in the same year using the same strategy that I had learned. Now, this is in a credit uh, recession, right? We're talking uh, to, uh, 2020, 2011, 2012. Sorry, I said 2018 that I bought my first property. It was 2008, October mm -hmm. 2008, because the recession was between that time and 2012. And that's when I bought my first three properties. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you buy it, you, you rent them, and you're making a little bit of money, and then what's next? And then, so property development was definitely the kind of goal, the ultimate goal. Um, and through that, uh, we didn't go straight into development. I went into property construction and owning a maintenance business. Now, up to that point, I didn't really have a business. I had a property. 
oh, I had three properties. So it wasn't really a business, but it was about to become one. So when I sort of um, uh, started my construction and maintenance business, that's when it all kind of went, oh, you know, um, you know, new to business, parents weren't business people, uh, the support system around me, you know, there was nothing there that can kind of support me um, through my hard times, which was around, I had the, the first, the first sort of, uh, you know, rock bottom experience, if you want to call it that, in 2012. So only one year in being in business officially. Uh, and that was because I was in debt. I was in debt that I couldn't sustain, you know. I was in property debt, uh, but rent was paying for that and cash flowing. But this was actually debt, you know, against my name, against my company, completely new to me, uh, the pressure of it. And and through that, I went to, you know, to a very low place, you know, um, dark, dark, dark night of the soul, as they call it. Uh, didn't know how to deal with it. And because I've spent so, um, I've learned to deal with my problems by being alone. Because I was spent, you know, I was I was alone for long periods of time in my, you know, my in my uh, teens and infancy. That's how I kind of dealt with stuff. So I shut away from the world, you know, uh, went into I would say a little bit of depression, um, and you know I came out of that by working on myself. And th th this one was a very I would say compared to what we're going to talk about, it was a very light way of working on myself you know i just kept active kept going to the gym tried to go out when friends invited me because there was a year of no's there was a year there was a year of not celebrating birthdays a years of not celebrating christmas because i didn't feel worthy that i was um you know uh i was i felt one i felt that i wasn't worthy of being in a celebrative environment because i had nothing to celebrate basically and that's kind of the the, the road i went down Bounce back up, innovated, change, adapted, started again, doing the same thing, but better. Uh, so again, still in construction, still in maintenance, just kind of adjusted a little bit, achieved a little bit of a success, and then had another a drop, huge drop, this one. And I think this one impacted me from a business perspective and the personal level as well, because it was sort of a mixed, uh, a love and professional situation that kind of happened at the same time. Um, and then... You know, at this time, I had already, you know, a lot of seeds had been planted in me uh, because I've always been open to spirituality along my journey since I can remember. Uh, I love people. I love working with people. I love the way they bridge you to the next step, you know, because um, that's how it is. Uh, and, and, you know, but that hibernated in me. and so, But it was still there. Uh, but it was hibernating for a while. And in 2016, when I had my second uh, kind of downturn in, 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 in my life, <clears throat> I decided to take a journey to Peru because uh, before I did that, I did go into counseling a little bit uh, because I just couldn't uh, understand why this was happening to me. And my support system couldn't tell me why it was happening to me. And all I could hear around me was, listen, this is business. And business, this has its ups and downs. And I'm like, I didn't accept that to an extent. I accepted that it's challenging. I accepted that you have your ups and downs, but not to the levels that I had. I was experiencing in 2016. So I thought, okay, business aside, I don't need any more business strategies in my life. I don't need any more workshops. I don't need any more mentors uh, uh, to do with business. <clears throat> I need healing. <laughs> I need to understand myself. I need to accept certain things that I don't know how to. Um, and counseling, the, the sessions that I did, 
I mean, they make a difference. They do. They're really, you come out of it and you, you know, there's someone that's listened to you. I get that. That was nice, but it didn't fix. It didn't fix the problem uh, for me. And this is, I want to make it clear that I, this is my experience. So I thought I needed to go deeper into the roots of me, into the roots of my spirituality. Um, uh, and I, I decided to go into Peru. Uh, I went into the Amazon in Peru um, and I took up on uh, shamanic medicine uh, and practices for 10 days. Um, and after those 10 days, I decided to stay there a further 10 days. And that was probably one of the most profound experiences I ever had because I went to places that I don't think uh, your modern medicine or counseling um, would, would get me there. Um, so I went really deep into, into, into myself and uh, you know did various methods of healing there with a very well-known shaman, uh, Don Lucho. Um, and I came back with a vision, with clarity, with peace, uh, acceptance, um, rejuvenation of the soul, <laughs> you know? Uh, and it was at that time that I said, uh, right, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready to do something, do something that's going to, you know, make me really feel worthy of, of, of what I've learned and all the lessons that I've I went through because I'm a massive believer that what you get, you give and what you give, you get. So what that means to me is I, I went, I had the privilege of going through what I went through to give something back to the world, whether that's healing, whether that's knowledge, whether that's information, whatever. Uh, right. So I'm a massive believer in, in, in that. Um, and by accident, I, you know, I wasn't even looking, but by accident, nothing's a coincidence, by the way, but I came across a self-publisher, um, uh, someone who helps you self-publish. And, um, you know, I, at that time, I was still broke. It is 2016, very financially broke. And uh, I couldn't afford to look into this thing. So I was still carrying on working. But the difference here was that I was living and accepting my journey and that made a huge difference on how i went from that kind of uh, negative state and just being positive and just riding out the business but with a different level of awareness and and acceptance uh and awareness <clears throat> so uh i uh, there was christmas and my grandmother uh, who's still with us she's 88 this year uh, she's been, uh, she was blind. Uh, she's got glaucoma. She has been for 10 years. And over the years, you know, we give her gifts, we give her socks, we give her all these kind of stuff that she can wear because she can't see. And, and obviously we give her stuff that she can use. And at that, that this particular Christmas, you know, I didn't have any money and it was the worst time. And here it is, history repeating itself back from 2012, right? But I said to myself, no, I'm in a different place now. I've done a little bit of healing and I wasn't. I was even feeding to the fact that I wasn't going to show up. Of course, I was going to show up this time. But I was thinking of what I was going to give her. And when, obviously, financially, I couldn't give her anything and I could afford a pair of socks, but I didn't want to give her that. I wanted to give her something powerful because I was in a deep state of awareness then. Um, and I wrote her a voice. I, 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 I did a voice note for her, about a three-minute voice note, which... Uh, was a very powerful uh, voice note on, on, you know, just sharing my appreciation for what she'd done for the family, who she is. And she looked, off, she looked after me from the age of two to eight until I came to the UK. So I have a very deep connection with, with my grandmother. 
Um, and I've kind of shared it to the whole family, right? Because it was my present. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, everyone cried because it was that powerful. Even I kind of shared it here. And, and I came out of that. And we're talking about aha moments. I came out of that under, and with another clarity and another understanding that the power is within. It's never outside. Yeah. It's never it's never external, you know, we're chasing something outside of ourselves, but really and truly it's closer than we think. So that was like, you know, it it's the 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 aha moment of you know everything starts with you came in. And at that point I started working on myself deeper, uh self-engineering and externally me too. And I came up with a with a with a formula, so to speak. Uh, mental, physical, and spiritual, the three pillars of mental, physical, and spiritual. And these are things that we need to pay attention to and, and feed as we go on in life. And that's what Entrepreneur Paradox is. It's based on the three pillars of wealth. Uh, so the self-publishing book that I did around entrepreneurship uh, and the journey of my journey up until then was where I lacked feeding um, some of those pillars, you know, uh, I, I lacked looking after my emotional state, myself and my physical state, because you're in this mental frequency where you're just feeding the, 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 everything that comes to, to you and you're just stressing and you're in your mental state literally every day. Um, so that's, you know, I self-published that in 2019. I wasn't going to, but the reason I did was because I knew uh, the the team that I was involved around, the moment I did it, it will give them the opportunity to put me on an international stage. And I always wanted to share my story around entrepreneurship and people getting into entrepreneurship. So yeah, I, I didn't have access to it without writing the book because then it, there would be no offering at these things. Um, so I did. And it was amazing. It wasn't an Amazon bestseller, I have to say, but it was a massive achievement. And it's about personal achievements. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of people have read it for close friends of mine and they've taken some nuggets out of it. And that's what we do. You know, no one's ever going to sponge 100 percent of your information. They'll take 10 percent and apply it and run with it. Maybe it will make sense in five years. Um, and the international stage was amazing. You know, it was a. Uh, it was a great experience, but I realized it wasn't where I wanted to be to share, uh, to share, uh, to, to talk about entrepreneurship. Um, it led me to, you know, the detox nation aspect, which we'll talk about in a bit. But in a nutshell, uh, that's what happens. And through that experience, I moved over to development. My business was still going. And today I'm in a completely different financial position. I'm in a completely different financial, uh, sorry, uh, business level in terms of I've run multiple businesses, as you mentioned, prop tech development and uh, construction. Um, all of them um, revenue over a million pounds. We've got developments over 27 million pounds. And honestly, if you ask me directly, how did you do it? I just carried on. Um, mm -hmm. from, a business, from a business perspective, there is no... You know, uh, there's strategies, but strategies get you an achievement. But then, you know, th this level of of involvement in business, at, uh, uh, you know, at, at the level that I'm at, there is no ingredient that I can tell you that, you know, that was the aha moment to get me from zero to 100. No, you just have to carry on and be positive and, and, and live the journey knowing who you are and show up as yourself. Authenticity is a huge thing. I've always said, I don't want to go to work having to be someone else. I want to go to work or being in an environment, being who I am, because I don't want to get lost because I've been down that road before. I've showed up as different people before. Uh, and that is the detachment 
that we experience sometimes too late. It's never too late, but what I mean is it creates a gap between you and the avatar. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what we need to be conscious of. Wow, what a journey. <laughs> it's quite a journey. So uh, just based on your experience, let's go back to kind of the beginning where you were starting in uh, property. So if someone uh, today wanted to go into property investing, um, what would be your best advice? <clears throat> Learn from people that are um, already doing uh, well in the industry, because a lot of these people are sharing workshops around particular strategies. So it's about knowing, you know, maybe buying a house is not is not the way you want to go. Maybe you want to go into construction. There are construction companies that are offering workshops around how to build, how to, you know, set up a business around construction, around maintenance. So definitely attend a couple of workshops and just get some nuggets and squeeze some juice out of these individuals that are already doing it right. Uh, because, and the reason I say that, I don't say this uh, to many things, but for property, I do because it's such a high investment. You're, you're financially, you're so involved financially that, you know, one small mistake can cost you a lot. Um, so, um, yeah, definitely attend some some groups. Mm -hmm. And then I was wondering, because um, when I think of shamanic healer, shamanic medicine, I still have kind of question in my mind, what is that? So can you kind of explain of what that is and, of and course. how it affected you? Yeah. Of course. So, um, so when I, um, when I, uh, back in 2019, when I published my book around <clears throat> uh, the three pillars of wealth, mental, physical, and spiritual, um, I had to accept that, um, you know, uh, there has to be some energy work feel to um, this um, healing process, because when I work with clients um, on a, you know, on, a healing session for example it does it's not all energy work it's mental physical as well we need to understand what you're doing on a physical level for you what you're doing on a mental level for you and what you're doing on a spiritual level and when i say spiritual i don't want to lose the audience it's not religious it's energy work or emotional work you know so but i wanted to add energy work to it so um, shamanism it's probably one of the old oldest healing practices uh, and because we work with the energy field the seven chakras where you know it's our life force uh, from a hindu uh, mythology uh, and basically what we tend to do is when our life is going um in, in different shapes and we don't know where we're going and everything's cloudy there's no clarity um, the likelihood is that there is an alignment issue with your energy chakra so uh, shamanism allows us to align those chakras through multiple sessions by using different earth tools, um, rattle, uh, uh, and various other tools uh, that we can kind of use to, one, understand if the energy field is stable and shift them. Uh, so that's one way. But also um, what I did in Peru was deeper than that. It was actually a... Um, ayahuasca medicine ayahuasca is a combination of the cocoa plant and forgive me i forgot what the other plant is but it's a mixture of two herbs and you drink and you enter an altered state of consciousness um, where it takes you down and just to give you the beauty of it you know uh, it's not you know a lot of people deem it as a recreational drug it's far 
from a recreational drug. It's medicine that, um, and, and the reason it is, because the reason it is, I'll find it now, is a recreational drug, you probably give it to five people and they'll probably act the same way. Ayahuasca, uh, you give it to 50 people in the room. Normally it's a group of this size and all of them have individual experience because it's all to do with self. It's all to do with what they need to deal with and things that they need to work on. And that all comes out in these collective group sessions. So uh, yes, it's a shamanic healing practice, uh, but as well offers a lot of medicine, uh, different levels of medicine to help you. Um, just to give you an example, ayahuasca is equivalent, they say in statistically to 10,000 hours of your normal counseling. Mm -hmm. So you, you can already see the level of, you know, uh, uh, how aggressive it is, but in a good way. Uh, and, and because of my uh, connection to it back in 2016, I thought, you know, where I am, this is that I was always very connected to the art. I was always very connected to the practice. Um, so I thought I'll embrace it and study it and certify myself as a shaman because I think that's where I'm aligning myself to in the next chapter of my life. And Reiki, same thing, but it doesn't use any tools. It doesn't use any um, uh, kind of um, uh, substances, if you like. Uh, it's most, it's, it's about, um, uh, again, aligns to the seven chakras. It's all around the seven chakras because that's our energy field. Uh, also ancestral, you know, things that we bring here on a deeper note, if you believe in reincarnation. Uh, but we work with that, uh, but it's all hands, uh, hand, hand um, connections between us and the client. And I thought it would be a great tool for me to have because it doesn't only give me awareness in my sessions when I'm dealing with clients because it gives me a really broad understanding. Was, like I said, I did a lot of NLP before. And I think everything that's out there is powerful and you can definitely be benefit from anything that you see. Uh, I'm a believer of that. How also, I, but I'm also a believer that based on my own journey, that there's, there's a timing. NLP, um, you know, you come out of an NLP session. I, I used to come out of an NLP session. It was fantastic. It was great. I'm powerful. The next two weeks, I'm great. The third week, it comes down. You know, my motivation goes down. I lost a little bit of a, a, a connection to what I just learned. Yeah, I get it. I understand it. Let me try. I, I lo You lose it a little bit. And the reason for that is because we live in a marketing machine. This world is a marketing machine. We're bombarded with so much information. We don't know what's real. We don't know what's true. We don't know if that will work for me. Uh, and learning and just addressing NLP for what it is, is great, but it may not suffice for what you need. So what I try to do is try to collaborate the, the, every element of what, I, of what worked for me. I had to have a physical uh, uh, plan. I had to have a mental plan and I had to have an emotional and energy plan because, you know, even though we don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. So my blocks were there at an energetic level. I couldn't see it. No counseling can see it. Yes, you can shift, but NLP wasn't working for me. Positive thinking wasn't working for me because sometimes these things are rooted um, uh, deep and sometimes you need whatever else exists. And shamanism was what it, what existed that, I, that worked for me, I guess. Yeah, and when I was thinking about you using that herb and um, going into the altar state, you know, we hold so tightly to our identities. Even if we're saying we want to change, we want to be this person, we want to have this success and we see it clearly and we we set our goals, our smart goals, everything everyone tells us. 
but we're so attached to the identity that we're in yes. and it, and there's so much tension between that and the next place and we just don't exactly. know how to get there so when you use that herb which kind of basically made you kind of let go right it just, it just exactly that let go it allows you to maybe choose something else as you're going through so when you're going through that um in that altered state um do you make new decisions how is it that you come out differently after being in the altered state it's a very good question it's a very good question uh, the way i like to explain it is imagine uh, sitting down and pouring a, a water bucket on your head or a cup on your head, a cup of water on your head, and the water is dripping down and you know where it's touching. But imagine now the water filling up, filling up holes in your body that you didn't know you have had. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, you know, you become aware of things that are affecting your growth and are affecting your peace and are affecting your stress. So it's very, you know, some things can't be explained. They need to be experienced. And ayahuasca is definitely one of them. You know, uh, for me, it's really hard to articulate because you are experiencing a feeling rather than, you know, someone talking to you. Um, it's, it's, it's literally experiencing a feeling. And the way I can articulate in the best way is I had holes that I didn't know existed, uh, but were being nourished through that experience. And through that, it was like, wow wow like really and you just start to have loads of aha moments and you know things that you and the love the love that you experience is definitely unconditional the closest thing that i felt to unconditional and a lot of people say the same um it's just you just can't explain it but once you experience that at such a high peak it really heals everything and it really gives you excuse me it really heals. Um, it really heals your thought process going forward when the same challenges come in. You know, no, I've I've visited and experienced a higher, a higher, a higher vibrational experience. Uh, is how I like to put it. I don't need to be worrying about this low level vibration because this is not important. So it brings acceptance. It brings letting go, as you said. It brings clarity, and it all kind of integrates together. You know, let's face it. Conditioning doesn't come from a one day um uh, programming you know we, we we don't you know you you have to be told a thousand times um to to believe it right a thousand times is a long time mm -hmm. uh, but you attach that to an experience you probably half a thousand times and now you only need to hear it 500 times put an experience behind an emotional experience behind it becomes powerful mm -hmm. and ayahuasca is what it does you get the visions you get the feelings and the whole experience just works really well. And it's a it's a it's a safe space and, and everyone shares. So you let go. Uh, you get to communicate what you experience, what you're working on. And that alone is a healing. Me booking my flight to go to the Amazon, that's a healing. Uh, that's already the healing journey started there. It doesn't start when when you're in the room, it starts when you make the decision. And I think sometimes that's the hardest decision to make. You know, being in a room is it's the easy part. Right. Yeah. And you said something key that just like I lit up when you said it, decision. Everything starts with a decision. If we don't yes. make the decision, nothing happens. Exactly. Exactly. And why I say before, uh, there's, there's something that happens before the decision as well. So everything does start with a decision. But from an internal engineering perspective, there's something that happens initially that is the intention. 
So before we make the decision, we need to understand what the intention behind that decision is. Because, uh, and the reason I say that is because when I first started my business, when I first wanted, when I wanted to start uh, a business and I bought my first three properties, the intention of me wanting to do it was to give my parents uh, an early retirement because I know how hard they worked. And that was my, that was my why. And that was my intention. In 2012, before the first, uh, uh, downturn in my business, my why changed because of the establishment that I was creating around me, because of the the distractions that were in my radar in business, lots of money, lots of opportunities. You know, I was young. Uh, the why changed and, you know, um, it fell, fell apart because it just wasn't strong enough. So I do believe that intention is important. So when you do book a session with either a counselor or a healer or a motivational speaker, you need to understand why you're doing it. And it needs to be powerful because there's 7 billion people on the planet. Why do you get to live how you want, where you want, and have the experience you dream of? Why do you get to live that? So I think it's important that we kind of really put that out into the universe yeah. I was thinking, you know, of your childhood where you were kind of alone and people have all sorts of childhoods, you know, some people it's very peaceful and nice, but some people have, you know, traumatic or uh, violent childhoods. And the the thing is, you see people who come from, from like a very violent childhood and they're very successful and they're happy and they're doing well. And you might see someone else in the same situation and they're doing horribly in life and you know what is the difference is it self-awareness is it what what is it so it, it can be a combination of things as you know you can only run you can only run from you for so long um it will catch up to you uh in this lifetime so you know whatever you if you uh, had a terrible upbringing and you know traumatic events in your life uh, and you turn out to be successful there will be something in your in your in your in your human experience that you're lacking or you wish you had more but you're doing a very good job keeping it suppressed mm -hmm. uh, you know or you're sacrificing some important relationships in your life uh, maybe you know your spouse maybe your kids uh, maybe your relationship with you know society um you know so there will be something there regardless how look how good it looks from a from a success level or an achievement level or career level there will be something on the other side that doesn't quite align to what we're seeing on the outside and equally you know a good upbringing but not necessarily much success it's up to the individual to 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 do they want it you know and if they want it then we can have a conversation um, but if they if they if they don't want it, it's okay. You know, they're happy where they are. They need to accept where they are and be who they are. You know, mm -hmm. I think that's how I look at it without going into too much depth. You know, right. So, what should our relationship look like with ourselves? Like, how do we know if we're self aware? Um, what questions should we be asking ourselves? Where where can we start? Because you know, you did all sorts of different healing modalities. If someone's saying, okay, I, I, I do want to be at a different place than I am, I'm, I'm unhappy or I'm unsatisfied with life, where do we start? We start by looking at routine habits. 
<clears throat> so we start very gentle and we start probably in the physical uh, pillar, if you like, and we understand what they, what the person's daily routine is, what they do, what they don't do. Um, and, you know, if exercise lacks, then, you know, there, there's something there already that, 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 you know, time to self, you know, and what does that time to self look like? Is it walking in nature? Is it reading a book? Is it really being in a meditative, meditative state? But I don't mean with your legs crossed and your eyes closed. I don't mean that. Just being, you know, just giving yourself time and permission to be alone, no distraction. So is, does that, is that an ingredient in your physical life? Do you take note of those, of, those, of those pointers? So that will be kind of the first thing. I'll look at habits and I'll look at routines. Uh, and then I'll look at the mental state. I'll understand what kind of thoughts they're having around um, uh, their job. Uh, what thoughts they have around themselves, um, where would they like to go or they're happy where they are? Because it's very difficult to, um, you know, navigate someone to achieve something that they haven't yet if they don't want to. Mm -hmm. So that we need to understand very early. So if a client comes to me and he's having a business crisis, sorry, he's having a career crisis uh, and, you know, he will say something like, you know, I'm not growing, uh, but you want to grow. No, I don't want more responsibility. So what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> so we really need to understand where the individual is uh, from a mental perspective, how they look at themselves. We know the happy things that they, so it's about understanding that, but, your question about how does someone know that they're happy or they're not. I think spending time alone is important. I've met so many people in my life and, and clients as well. And the majority of them hate spending time alone. They need a distraction. They need a, 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 a dinner out with their friends or they need, you know, a cinema night. You know, I said, do you ever stay in? He goes, no, I don't stay in. And if I stay in, I'm doing work. Well, you know, so we need to break those attachments because there are attachments to fulfill something. Uh, and then we go to that something, which is the emotional side, the energy side. What is it feeding? Uh, and then a lot of it we can uh, um, uh, dissolve and, and, and kind of navigate through in these type of sessions. But a lot of the time, uh, Kimberly, I have to say, I have to take him, them into an energetic level where they lay and I practice some Reiki or some shamanic practices on them to enable them to let go. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them fall asleep sometimes because the energy is quite intense. They're kind of really relaxed. When they come out and we have the same conversation again, we get another nugget. You know, I'm fearful of this. Ah, okay. Now we're getting somewhere. And that's when you go down the route of acceptance. So, um, there's no, again, from me, I don't have the capacity or the knowledge, uh, I would say, to say there's one exact thing to know that you're happy or not, but it's a combination. And I think if you are going to do it and you want to do it at home for anyone listening, spend time with yourself. Spend time with yourself. I think 21 days of spending time with yourself is is probably the best thing we can do to ourselves. Um, so that's where I will start, spending time with yourself, no distractions. All right. And for some reason, the word playful or is coming up in my mind. So, so many times, like I, I know I'm more, more of a driven type A personality. So, so and I like to work, <laughs> I like to work, but you know, we also need to have those times for play and playfulness because sometimes we get so serious going towards our goals. So I'm thinking, you know, if I'm spending time with myself, how can I 
add that playfulness? How can I add that fun in even when I'm by myself? <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and Kimberly, do you know what? You're absolutely right. If if finding time to play and I've learned to play again because I, I'm a new dad and I've learned to play <laughs> for a very long time. And it's absolutely amazing. You know, you're in the moment and you get taken into their little world. So um, absolutely. But the reason I, I, I didn't come out with that first is because in when I was going through my, you know, uh, time and, and my my uh, dark time of the soul, I, I, you know, got called out many times to play and I couldn't see myself having enjoyment in any environment. Mm. So again, I, I want to give, and I'm sure there's individuals out there like myself that probably don't see themselves wanting to play or worthy of playing when they should be doing this or that or paying attention to this guy or spending time with mom or looking after their business. So uh, unfortunately, finding time, I mean, sorry, you, uh, unfortunately, finding time to play is something that we try to, you know, really implementing people to do, whether that's, you know, uh, listening, looking, uh, uh, hearing some comedy, going to a comedy club, something that will make them laugh. So we do try to implement that. But I found three clients that I'm, 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 I'm thinking about right now, and they just couldn't find the energy to do so because they needed answers. They needed to know how is this going to be resolved and um, so they they felt better having healing and and finding ways to finding environments that felt for them that they were healing themselves internally. So they needed to be in environments where they were healing, uh, and healing was their number one. Um, but yeah, uh, if you can find the time to play and and be around people that really lift your moods. Man, it's uh, it's like it's like because one second out of the world that you're experiencing, if you're in a place like I was, one second is like a lifetime. So if you can find joyfulness or be around playful environments for a second, man, it does all the difference and it definitely gives you more fuel to to continue. So thank you for bringing that up. Absolutely, I totally agree. Yeah. So um, if people wanted to work with you at this point, I'd like to, you to tell us, you know, how do we contact you? Do you have a website? Tell us where to get your book, anything you want to share about your services. Thank you so much. Yes, you can. Uh, so my website is www.detoxnation.co.uk. Detoxnation.co.uk. And you can find my contact details on there via email or phone. Um, and my uh, book is the, the Entrepreneur Paradox, The Entrepreneur Paradox, and you can find it on Amazon, either as a physical copy or an ebook. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, sorry, was there another question or was that just it? No, that was good. I just want people to know how to get a hold of you. Thank you. So, Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. and I, I do work remotely. So obviously being a Reiki practitioner, I do uh, distant, he distant healing as well. So it doesn't have to be in person all the time. And I'm always always up for a free half an hour conversations with anyone because detox nation is a platform to share awareness so detox nation was you know the, when i created it and was was designing it in my head it was a platform to give people the ability to share and be in a safe place uh, to talk about different levels of toxicity because one thing that i wanted was you know 
uh, that I lacked and probably didn't have, you know, all I really wanted was someone to put their hands on my shoulder and say, Sandra, it's going to be okay. Uh, <clears throat> and that's all I really wanted. And I don't think there's enough of that. Uh, well, it, there wasn't when I was going through my my uh, my experience. But Detox Nation is a platform that will bring different individuals. And hopefully if they want to share their story on how they overcome their own toxicity, because there's different ways you can overcome toxicity. I have a way, Kimberly, you'll have your own way. And we need more ingredients and more flavor on how each and every one of us have managed to deal with different levels, whether it's toxic habits, toxic environments, relationships, you know, we need more people sharing. So Detox Nation, firstly, is a platform for that. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm, I'll, I love to talk to people. So um, you can book half an hour sessions with me. Um, I'm not a salesperson. I don't need to sell. I'm all about, I know the pain. So if I can contribute half an hour of my time to and alleviate, you know, 10% of, of what someone is going through. For me, that's ultimate fulfillment. And that's what Detox Nation is about. Beautiful. Thank you. So You're now welcome. I have a personal question for you. What gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life right now? <laughs> right now, it's definitely my my little one, uh, my little boy. Like he, uh, you know, and again, you you understand I'm giving him everything I have in terms of attention. Um uh, uh, because I lacked that and you know that he's definitely bringing me the most joyful moments in my life on a daily basis and it's something that's priceless um, and again you learn you sometimes we think that we're the ones that are teaching or educating or sh showing the know-hows but really if we listen again if we pay attention they're actually teaching us way more than 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 we think we're teaching them because you know he's 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 17 months there's not much i can teach him but be available but already he's teaching me uh you know life for what it is you know and how it should be um so yeah thank you for asking yeah well thank you so much for being on the podcast and for your wisdom it's, it's been really wonderful Thank you. Thank you, you too. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share a little bit more about me and obviously the, the Detox Nation brand. I appreciate it. Yeah. So I have one last question before we finish. What is your best advice on living an incredible, amazing life? <laughs> incredible. Well, that's a, that's a really deep one uh, and one that I'll need to pull on a few strings from different places. But I think my ingredient is if you can find, navigate, or find a system um, uh, to help you finding peace in different verticals of your life, peace will be everything. Um, you know, for me, I just wanted to be peaceful around uh, money stress, peaceful around uh, relationships, peaceful around everything. So if you can find a system that works for you, that gives you peace, do that day in, day out. Because if you can find peace in every moment, then, you know, your life will be a, an abundance of joy. Uh, and so that will be, I think that will probably even come first before happiness, because happiness is what we, what we decide to be happy about, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, there's no label to what and def definition to what um, happiness is. Uh, it kind of, 
if it's a frequency that you can you can put in you can everything can be you can be happy about anything and everything you know I'm happy about what I went through but you know I didn't see it like that at the time it was torture so I'm very grateful and happy that I did that because it's giving me the knowledge and, and the person I am today and I'm very happy and grateful for, for who I am today so uh, but peace if you can find peace find it Great. Thank you so much, Sandro. You're welcome. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.